Good to see you this morning, and uh, hopefully you're doing all righty here. And I'm going to type one last little good morning to one more person. There we go. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 12 today on this apparently snowy day. I haven't looked out the windows, but I've heard the plow trucks out there. So uh, uh, apparently we got a little bit of snow overnight. Well, we live in Maine, so I guess uh, we'll take it. And uh, Luke 12, I haven't had my coffee yet, so if I'm, I was having some software issues this morning and didn't have a chance to go pour that coffee, I'm not going to go do that now, but um feel like a little slippage going on up here this morning. Uh, Luke 12 says, meanwhile, let me get this up on the screen for you so you can... See it, and those that just saw me 
do the little swirly around my head. Yeah, maybe crazy too. So um, Luke chapter 12. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak to his disciples saying, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the roofs. In other words, don't think that what you're doing uh, is totally in secret. The things that you might say, the little secrets that you might have, the little uh, back conference room or parking lot whispers that you might have, guess what? It's all going to come out. It's all going to be revealed. And, and this is kind of a frightening thought to think that, you know, I, to, to think that the thoughts of my mind would be played somewhere and all be revealed. Yikes. To think that uh, things that maybe we say in a gossip, uh, in slander, gossip to someone in slander of someone uh, might actually end up being revealed. Yikes. It's just a warning. But in the midst of this, I mean, the, the, the heading is to... Beware of the leavens, the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, I've titled this morning "Being Rich Toward God," and really, as we work our way through the text, we're going to see why I would choose a title like that. The richness toward God is, is to make sure that we're not hypocritical. The richness toward God is is to make sure that we're seeking to be genuine, authentic, righteous. There's a lot said about being genuine and authentic, but sometimes it means just be yourself. Well, okay, but be unrighteously yourself. No, no, we're, we're not saying that. Be righteously yourself, yes. Uh, in other words, change yourself. Some people say, well, I just, I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to tell it as it is. I'm going to just, but often coming across rather ungodly. Uh, rather, uh, unfold the love of Christ and full the character of Jesus. And so we want to be rich toward God in our character. And so we want to make sure that we're not being hypocritical and, and hypocritical often is telling one group of people to do one thing while we ourselves do something else. That's hypocrisy. And, uh, it's interesting that after he says, don't be hypocritical, he talks about the things that are concealed. Uh, okay, so you, you go tell everybody, hey, let's all fast, would be an example, but then you don't fast yourself. Uh, it will be disclosed. It will come out. Uh, and I just I don't know why I picked that one. Uh, or it, it isn't just the, uh, the, the wicked or the evil or sinful things that we might do that, that become disclosed. But I think even more so, it's the idea of how we didn't live our Christian lives. And it will become evident. It will become known. Now, the other thing I want to say about this is I'm not, by, I'm not surprised by anything that happens in hum, humanity whatsoever. And some of you, most of you listening this morning are old enough that you shouldn't be surprised either when, when something happens within humanity, just to be able to say, uh, I'm not surprised by that. You know, it's that person you think, you know, you hold on a pedestal that they're, they're this great godly person. Uh, and, and it comes out, uh, somebody that's maybe spoken to millions of people and written books and, 
and all these things, and, and then it comes out that, that they've had numerous affairs um, or those types of things, all that stuff coming out, uh, and we are shocked, <gasps> aghast. Well, I'm not aghast by anything. Uh, however, the, the warning is here. Uh, the warning here is to not be hypocritical. And so, you know, let's make sure and live our lives as Christians as genuinely and as authentically and as transparently uh, as we can. If we struggle, let's acknowledge, hey, I struggle. Uh, if we're discouraged, let's acknowledge, hey, I am discouraged. If we're, um, if we're in a place of, uh, confusion and, and not knowing what to do. Let's acknowledge where we're confused. We don't know what to do and, and ask the body of Christ to pray for us rather than acting like we have it all together. And for too long, that was the problem in the church. The church acted like I've got it all together. Uh, when in fact, no, uh, they really didn't, you know, people in the church, I've got my stuff together when they just fought all the way to church. Uh, I've got myself together when, when they're waking up and drinking plenty of coffee from a hangover from the night before. Uh, all those things, you know, trying to be genuinely the people that God wants us to be authentic, authentic in our Christianity, authentic in our proclamations, authentic in our relationships, uh, and not playing the game, not putting on what I call the cheesy face. And uh, acting like everything is okay. And I'm not saying we should come into church and go, you know, we just got to fight on the way to church. I'm not saying we need to go doing that either. But I do think we need to be more honest with each other. And sometimes the way we do church in American culture doesn't lend itself much to sometimes some of that sharing. And, uh, you know, I know people, they get there late. They leave just as soon as, uh, just as soon as the E and the amen is said, and they're out the dough. And, uh, it, there isn't the time for sharing in a context like that. We we are created for uh, mutuality. We are created for accountability. We are created for a relationship with God and with the body of Christ. And and so to be not hypocritical, uh, uh, but rather to be genuine, be genuine, and, and that there is stuff in life to clean up. I mean, we talked about this in our discipleship group last night, uh, learning how to be authentic with each other and to say, you know, I'm going through this so that so nobody's shocked, you know, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, if you're a, a sticky finger type person, and by that I mean a person who likes to figure out ways to keep things that's not yours, uh, you know, and be able to acknowledge that you have a problem with that. And it could be even in a, in a store where, you are a thief. Uh, I've known people that have come to me and confessed, I have sticky fingers. You know, I get around people and I might just put something in their home in my pocket or I, I uh, get around a, a building, a store or something, and I might just figure out a way to put something in my pocket. I've had people confessing. So, okay, I know about you. I can pray for you. Uh, or people that would, would confess, you know, I really have a problem with, with my language. And, you know, there's a whole conversation you can have about what is swearing and what is not swearing and cussing and that type of thing. And should you, shouldn't you, you know, but, but some people would say, just confess, I have a real problem with the tongue in, in my language and, and, or being around the, the people at the office and getting involved in the coarse jokes. Uh, and, and I, 
I, I find I, I don't have a, a governor to keep myself from engaging in that. Okay, we can pray about that now that we know. Uh, or to say you have a problem with road rage, or to say you have a problem with, uh, you know, lust, uh, or you have a problem. This came up, uh, not that anybody said they were having this issue, but gambling came up. That You know, there are people that spend, I wonder, how can you afford money to buy lottery tickets when you're talking about not having money to, you know, afford to live? That's another example of something that, you know, n- not having hypocrisy in our lives and, and, and being able to confess to somebody, look, I, I struggle with, you know, I buy lottery tickets all the time and, and yet I'm asking people to help me buy groceries. Stop buying lottery tickets. And I know why you buy the ticket. You think, well, if I just win the lottery, I'll be okay. But don't you see the spiral that takes you down? Those types of things. Things will be made known is part of what we read in this passage. We continue on and he says this, I tell you, my friends, the same conversation he's having, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, fear him. Now, who is he talking about? Here's the question. Is he talking about the devil? Does the devil have the power to throw you into hell? No. That's the conclusion some would reach, that we should fear Satan. No, don't fear Satan. He who can has the power to throw you to hell, he who has the power of judgment over you is God himself. And so we maintain a, a, a right reverence for God, a right respect, even a fear of God, a, a fear of God that would cause us to want to do the right thing. Sometimes we have people in our lives that we fear. You're, you're around them and they just they make you nervous because you have such adulation for them uh, or just the way that maybe they... They stand off, and they've got something, a title or something, and the way they come across, it's like, oh, I need to fear this person, because you can't read them. Uh, We can read God. We can read God's Word. We also know that God is the creator, sustainer of all things. We know that God is the judge of all things, and so we should fear God. We should have a right reverence for God. We should have a respect for God. Some treat God like, you know, the big man upstairs. Uh you know, when I hear people talk about the big man upstairs, I try to read into that and go, there are some people who will talk about the big man upstairs, and, and they do have a genuine faith. But I wish that they would learn uh, to have a different relationship with God than to call him the big man upstairs. That's one thing I, I would say. Um, others simply talk about God, God this, God that, God this, God that, and you never hear them talk about God as Father or of Jesus or even the Holy Spirit, but God. And God is is kind of a little bit neutered in our culture. You talk about God, okay, but you talk about Jesus, now you're getting more specific. And people can become nervous. So I, I don't really want to talk about religion. And they seem open to discussing spiritual things until you mention the name of Jesus. And, and so the encouragement here is to to not be afraid of his name. In fact, I, we, we will see more here as we get down into a few more verses. Verse 6 says this, uh, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. He, he in this very next verse, underscores the fact that he is talking about God. Because he says, Not one is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head, or lack thereof, 
uh, are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So it's interesting. He says, fear, but don't fear. Well, no, I would say uh, have a right reverence for God. Have a right trust in God and know that we're worth more than many sparrows. Know that, that God knows the numbers of the hairs of our beards. Know that God knows the, the numbers uh, of our struggles and our trials and our problems and the inner workings of our soul. God knows all about us. So don't be afraid of him. Draw near to him. Have right reverence, but have have the type of reverence that causes you to draw near to God instead of uh, shrink back from God. God knows about your life. Sparrows sold for two pennies, not one forgotten by God. God won't forget about you either. He won't forget about me. And, and I'll tell you, I read these passages and I'm challenged about how will I trust God? You know, I, I, I need to trust God and, and uh, much of what I have to do, uh, these days in in my line of work and, and what I do and as a missionary has to do with raising money. And I, as a college president, you have responsibility to raise money for a school. And, uh, you know, so that's part of, and that's not, that's not something I gravitate toward friends. Just honestly, I don't gravitate toward asking people uh, for $50,000 or that type of thing. It's not something that comes by me naturally. And, you know, I, I'd rather pray and say, Father, I'm looking to you. Same way with as a concentric missionary that, you know, I we've got things printed and things to send out to people. It needs to happen here and next week to try to get that all mailed out. It's been sitting for a week now on our on our counter and it needs to get mailed and asking people for that financial support. But in the midst of all of that to to trust God. You know, and some may be not missionaries in your circumstance, whatever your circumstance may be, or not in a position where you have to raise funds for an organization, uh, but maybe it's your business. You trust God. Or maybe it's you're in a circumstance where you, you don't have work and, and you're on a very fixed or should I say broken income uh, and learning how to trust God in, in that circumstance. Yeah, we adjust our lives. That's something we need to do, but also learning to trust God. He continues on in this, uh, in his teaching. He says, I tell you, uh, whoever acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But he who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Uh, that raises questions. I know. Uh, when you are brought before the synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you'll defend yourselves or what you'll say. For the Holy Spirit will give you or will teach you at that time what you should say. And so this, this section of scripture has to do with, with our acknowledgement of Christ, with our Willingness to, to speak on his behalf. Now, there are two different aspects here that you could say, well, there's, there is acknowledging and there's disowning. What if you simply just don't speak? I mean, that, that could be that, that middle area. Well, okay, not, I, I'm not disowning God. I'm not saying I don't know God. I'm not saying I won't talk about God. I'm just not doing it. Uh, because, and, and why do we not share Christ? Oftentimes it's, it's the fear of rejection, but who are they ultimately re- rejecting is, is God ultimately Christ. And, uh, uh, so 
learning how to speak on his behalf. That's how I see this. The, the idea of acknowledging me before men, uh, when you have the chance to speak, to take the chance to speak. Or if someone says to you, are you one of those Christians? Well, I am, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I actually, I, I like to think of myself as one who's seeking to learn how to follow Jesus. Yes, that is me. You, you, I am guilty as charged. Oh, that's cool. Me too. Or, well, you're one of those types. And, and you know, Christians in, in modern culture and the media are castigated, especially the, the, the left media are castigated as all kinds of things, as unthinking, unthoughtful, unintelligent, un, unloving, unbigoted, not unbigoted, but bigoted, and, and a lot of these different things, uh, character, characterizations, which frankly are not true of us. But we look at the passage and we, we ask ourselves, are we willing to speak on behalf of Jesus? He who disowns me before men will be disowned before the angels of heaven. Okay, let's not disown him. Let's be emboldened to speak for him. I, I went to a, participated in an ordination council yesterday in Waterville and uh, at Faith Evangelical Free Church in Waterville, and uh, a man defended his written, uh, not dissertation, his written uh, doctrinal statement, and his that will receive ordination. He's been a pastor in their church for 20 years, and a few years ago became the senior pastor of the church and which I think is a wonderful thing actually and phenomenal testimonies about him. Uh, but I had a conversation over lunch with Sam Huggard, who would be kind of a pastor to me in, in some regards. And he was talking about churches that are having these training events to help people learn how to share Jesus. And I thought, okay, four one, one events they're called. And I, I said, I need to go to one of those and participate in one of those. So I need to reach out to Sam and say, Hey, Sam, what were some of the dates of those? Where are they being held again? And go participate and see. But because we need to have events like that for churches to help people in the congregation learn how to speak on behalf of Jesus. So let's let's not fear men. Let's reverence God. Let's trust God. Let's speak for God. Verse 10 gets into if anyone, uh, if and everyone who speaks against the Son of Man will be forgiven. In other words, you might even use his name in vain. You can be forgiven. It says anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, there are different descriptions of what it means to blaspheme. Uh, the most common description of what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to reject the Holy Spirit's prompting to trust in Christ. If you re- reject when the Holy Spirit is working in your heart saying you need to trust in Jesus as your Savior, you keep saying, no, I'll do it later, you have an excuse, I'm not ready yet, uh, and then you die and have not entrusted your life to Christ, there is no chance for forgiveness. I mean, this this is one common understanding of the idea of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, but also to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is to attribute to Satan what is actually the work of God. That is another way we blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. But I will I will stick to the most common interpretation of of the Holy Spirit wooing you and drawing you and trying to to get you to respond to Christ, and you reject it. You cannot be forgiven of that. So you might even in those days, people that were following Jesus, if you followed the chosen movies at all, that whole series, um, 
seeing people process in their lives whether they're going to trust in Christ or not. Uh, and they might even say negative things. You think of maybe some of the uh, uh, some of the soldiers uh, who who would maybe they're they're interested but don't want to let on that they're interested, and so maybe even ask re- deny it. Uh, well, if you continue to deny it and you die, there's no more opportunity for you. Believe in Jesus. Then the last thing that he says here that we'll take to heart is when you're brought before synagogues. Now, he's talking specifically maybe to, not maybe, but he's talking specifically here, looking at his disciples and saying, look, uh, you know, when you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, because he knew that was going to hap- happen to them, do not worry about how to defend yourselves or what you will say. Well, how about when we're not brought before synagogues or rulers or authorities and simply have the speak uh, standing in line at Bell the Cat to say a word for Jesus? Or when you're in a grocery store, or when you're with your neighbor, or when you're in a movie, or whatever the circumstance, and something is said, something is brought up about Jesus, the promise that is given here, I, I think it's a more general promise that we can take to heart found in verse 12, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you should say at that time, to trust God to give you what you're going to say. Some of us worry, well, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know how to speak. I, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Open your mouth. Trust the Holy Spirit to give you the words that you need to speak. That is the promise, the Holy Spirit. It isn't about you. It isn't about me. It's about God's work in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is taking up residence in our lives to do his work so that we can be bold for him to trust him. Being rich toward God, being rich toward God in faith, being rich toward God in our words, uh, being rich toward God in, in transparency and authenticity and, and not being hypocrites, but learning to live a life rich toward God that is willing to draw near to him, a life that's willing to trust him, a life that is willing to speak for him. Well, friends, I'm going to stop there. We'll pick up chapter 12 next week. Next week, I will tell you, uh, I will be on Monday morning, but then I will likely not be back on again until Thursday morning next week. Uh, You can pray my bride has surgery on Tuesday morning, and we need to be in Portland quite early. And uh, so that is Tuesday morning, and I'm not going to uh, be making all this racket in the morning. Uh, the day after her certain racket, me talking because my my little place I podcast from is gonna is located right next to the chair she'll be spending the next few weeks in after her surgery. So you can pray for her, and just know that we'll pick up. Maybe we'll finish chapter twelve on Monday. Maybe we won't, but I will have a few days where we'll be quiet uh, uh, next week, just uh, trying to give Wendy the opportunity to rest. So, Lord, thank you for my friends. Thank you for your word. Help us to be rich in our love for you today. Help us, Lord, if we have the opportunity to speak, to trust you, to give us the words to say. Help us to trust you with our needs. Help you to trust you with our burdens. Help us to trust you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen.